Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from the Old Testament reading in Genesis 32. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. This is God's word. I'm going to play a little imagining game this morning. I want you to imagine you're, let's say you're someplace warm. I don't know if you're Florida or Arizona people in February. Well, you're UP people in February. That's why you're here and not in Florida or Arizona. But imagine you're someplace different where you don't know people. You had a large gathering of people, maybe a conference or convention of some kind. And you're surrounded by people you don't know. And you're introducing yourself and meeting new people. You say, hi, my name is Matt. Hi, my name is Laura. Hi, my name is Bob. Hi, my name is Rob. Whatever. And they say to you, well, it's nice to meet you. Tell me about yourself. If someone meets you and asks you to tell them about yourself, what do you say? (laughs) You spoiled the question, Ed. (laughs) That was from Bible study on Thursday. We had talked about this. What do we typically say? Well, we tell them our name, where we're from, I'm married, I have kids, maybe you might say you're a grandparent. Tell them what you do for a living. Do we tell people, I'm a Christian? Is that one of the essential things for people to know about us? Unlike other religions, for example, Muslims are very forward about their religion with their identity. From their dress, to the way they eat, to the way they stop to pray. Orthodox Jews also very forward about their religious identity. The way they dress, the way they eat, the way they pray. Mormons tend to be very forward about their religion as their identity. They're doing of good works. They're visiting of people to proselytize and tell them about their faith. Christians often remain anonymous with their faith. There's all sorts of things we want people to know about us. That we think are important for people to know about us. That we're successful, that we've made a good living for ourselves, that we have a nice home, that we drive a nice car, or that we're good and generous people, that we're kind and we're friendly. That we either voted for the guy in the White House or we did not vote for the guy in the White House. I think one of the things that happened with, with social media, and it was before this, is we began to be able to craft what people know about us. To be able to shape our own identity. So if you go on my Facebook page, you can see a lot of pictures of my dog. A lot of pictures of my family. 
A lot of pictures of what I ate for dinner last night. Those are the sorts of things people will put on their Facebook page, right? But there's all sorts of things that people will not put on a Facebook page that they don't want people to know about them. No one puts on their Facebook page, I'm up to my eyeballs in credit card debt and I can't pay my bills. No one puts on their Facebook profile, I'm addicted to pornography. No one puts on their Facebook profile, I gambled away my last paycheck and now I'm in trouble. We have become people obsessed with our identities and what people think of us. And this is especially true of our young people today. We see how many young people are quick to point out that they belong to some group of people. I'm black. I'm gay. I'm trans. Because it automatically identifies them with a community. People who share something with them. And they are people looking for identity. And we as the church, we, we, have, a, we have trouble responding to these things. I mean, we shouldn't. But we're on the defensive against them. I mean, we know, for example, that really biblically there is no such thing as race. We are one people descended from Adam and Eve, brothers and sisters together. The idea that we're divided up into all these races is a man-made construct. We know that marriage is a man and a woman, that this is what pleases God, but yet we're on the defensive as marriage gets redefined. We know that God made man and woman, and we're to delight in those differences, but we were on the defensive about how to talk about gender. But you know what? All of these things are really just symptoms of a bigger issue. And that is identity. People want to belong. They want to know where they fit in. Jacob had an identity problem. And he was born to have an identity problem. Just from the name that he was given, Jacob. We read in the book of Genesis that Jacob was born the second of twin boys with his brother Esau. Esau was the oldest born first, but Jacob came right after him, grabbing his heel. And so the name Jacob means one who follows or one who comes after, but it can also mean one who cheats. Jacob was born to be a cheater. And he was. He cheated his brother Esau out of his birthright by forcing him to sell it to him for a bowl of stew when Esau was hungry. 
He cheated Esau out of their father Isaac's blessing by dressing up as Esau and pretending to be him. And Jacob was cheated by others along the way. By his uncle Laban. Later by his own children. That was Jacob's identity. Jacob saw himself as one who struggled with God and who he was supposed to be. And on top of all that, God had made a promise to Jacob's grandfather Abraham. Remember him? The one who was told he would be the father of a great people, a great nation? Well, that promise was going to go through Jacob. He had taken over Esau's place as the firstborn, the one through whom all these promises would flow. So there was a lot of pressure on Jacob. And it all culminated in Jacob physically wrestling with God. We read in our Old Testament reading that a man appeared to Jacob at the fork of the Jabbok after Jacob had sent his family aside on his way to reunite with Esau, not knowing if Esau would forgive him or kill him. Jacob physically wrestled, struggled with God. God who took on the form of a man and wrestled with his servant, Jacob. And in the midst of that struggle, Jacob found a new identity. As the man could not overcome Jacob and touched his hip and put it out of joint and tried to put an end to this wrestling match, Jacob would not let go of this man who is God until he received a blessing. And the man gave him a new name. What is your name, he said? Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. You see, what Jacob found is that your identity, who you are, and to whom you belong, is not made up of your past sins. It's not made up of where you think you belong, or the people you think are like you. Your identity comes from God himself. You are who God has made you to be. You are a child of God, the Father, whom he blesses. You are a child of the God who sent his son to take on human flesh, to wrestle not with you, but with your sin. Because the story of Jacob repeats itself 
in the story of Jesus, where once again God takes on human flesh and wrestles, struggles with your sin, carrying it to his cross, pouring forth his blood so that God might look on you in love and say, you are my child. That is your identity. That is who you are. You are someone for whom Jesus died and rose again. That is your identity that matters. That is the family to which you belong. Brothers and sisters in Christ, redeemed by the same Lord and Savior. Who are you? part of the family of God. The one whom Christ shed his blood for. That, dear friends in Jesus, is your identity. That is how you go forward forward living the life that God has called you to live. In our epistle today, St. Paul talked about the need for us to live holy lives, rejecting sin and lust, sexual immorality, all sorts of evil living. We live as God has made us to be. Why? Because that's our identity. That is who we are. As Jacob was blessed by God, so you are blessed. We've been reflecting over the last several months on these Old Testament readings, how we are Israel. That everything that God does for Old Testament Israel, he does for you. Because Israel's story is your story. Know who you are. Know where you belong. Most importantly, know to whom you belong. To your God and Lord who wrestles with your sin and overcomes it by means of his blood. That you might be God's own dear beloved child. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.